0: Okay, so welcome to another edition of uh, Monday Disney Madness with me, Ben. If you don't know who I am, I've just said it. I'm Ben. Hello. If you know who I am, then uh, welcome back, (laughs) I suppose. A lot of people that listen to this show, I assume, are people who are from my Instagram, where I post a lot of Disney stuff. A lot of Disney pictures that I've taken when I've been in the parks. But obviously, due to recent pandemics, (laughs) I've not been able to go. So I'm just, like, still trying to sieve through the 9,000 or so pictures that I do have and upload some again onto Instagram just to, you know, keep the Disney flow going. But also this is Monday Disney Madness, which means one thing, it's Monday, which means a lot of people are feeling quite crappy about just about it being the start of the week and Monday is usually associated with like the Monday blues and all that stuff. So I decided to do to do 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 the Disney podcast on Mondays. Because I thought seeing as there seems to be a lot of people. Especially on my Instagram. There seems to be a lot of people that love Disney. So I basically started doing Disney news and reviews for shows on Disney+. Plus, Just primarily for people who love Disney. But also get the Monday blues. So I'm here to try and uplift you in a way i know it's probably gonna fail but still we have a common interest which is disney parks and disney films shows all that sort of good stuff so i'm here i'm just here to do this every week every monday that is I want to say promise, but when I get back to fully working from not being on furlough all the time, then it might be a bit hard to keep up with it all the time. But for now, it is my promise that I get it out every Monday. That I possibly can. I may have to go to a, a schedule where on my days off, I'll just have to record <laughs> Like segments of the shows and stuff, and then put it all together and re record on before sending out and all that stuff. Which I'll figure out as I go along because I'm going back to work in the next three weeks or so. So, I mean, yeah, it's gonna be one of them, just test it and see how it goes, sort of thing. But I am hoping, I'm hoping that the schedule won't change too much so I can still get these out on Monday. Uh, Wednesdays is probably a no-go anymore because I've just not been doing it for like four or five weeks. So I probably won't do Wednesdays anymore. So it'll just probably be Monday and Friday. And then in between, I'll probably try and game on Twitch every so often, which will probably mainly night times, so like 11 o'clock at night or 10 o'clock at night, depending what time finish work, obviously. Because I'm a night owl, I don't really go sleep until like 2 or 3 in the morning, so I may as well just stay sat at my computer playing video games on Twitch for a good hour or two which i'll let people more know people more know that's not even english i'll let you guys and girls know more in a friday episode probably this friday friday fun day so if you're interested in the gaming side of things or me just streaming i could even just stream myself just talking basically so if you're interested in that then I'll let you all know on the Friday, but here we are, Monday, Monday Disney Madness, let's get to the latest news from the past seven days over Disney, any Disney in the world, it's mainly Walt Disney World at the moment, because that's where all the stuff seems to be happening, and that is pretty much the main place that is open, Um, but yeah, so Disney news, and then the reviews of a couple of shows that I've been watching on Disney Plus. Okay, so first off the bat, I'm not going to lie to you. There isn't too much news that I'm going to talk about because a lot of it is just little tiny bits and bobs from around the park that like you know unless you go all the time like i said i think i said it last week if you go literally all the time to the park all the parks (laughs) then you're not gonna really notice them finer details so anyway these are the topics of interest that I'm just going to rhyme off whilst looking at the news from the past week or so. So first off the bat is that Disney's Newport Bay Club Hotel at Disneyland Paris has now become a vaccination centre. Um, I believe it's done over 4,000 people in three days because the space is big enough they reckon to do over a thousand a day so to do over four thousand in like two and a bit three days seems pretty pretty good to me (laughs) like i'm no expert i don't know how like how many people are in the area of where disneyland paris is but four thousand sounds like a lot. So I mean if they keep that up for however long the hotel's staying open as a vaccination centre, I assume it's staying open for quite a while. Because there's still no plans yet to of Disneyland Paris reopening. I assume it'll be like possibly mid June. End of June, early July, around that region, just because it's like you know coming into summertime, and they know that they'll get uh, the crowds and stuff in for the summer holidays, and I can only assume by then that uh, the flying restrictions, international travel, etc., will be lifted so that people in the UK could go over to France again by summertime it all really depends on how fast the french government can get their vaccinations out i believe they're going quite well but now that they've opened a newport bay hotel which i've stayed at by the way and it is massive and beautiful but now they've opened that as a vaccination center then I can only assume that it's going to be a lot faster (laughs) than they're already going. So it just adds, you know, that extra space for them to be able to do thousands of more people a day compared to what they were already doing anyway. So, yeah, it's all good news. Uh vaccination rollout is you know getting there it's coming along nicely um i'm still waiting on my first vaccine but i believe it's coming very soon in wales and uk in general like the 30s because i'm assuming i'll be classed as a 30 year old because my birthday is next tuesday so i can only assume they'll probably class me as a 30 year old (laughs) Who knows? I'm hoping to get some sort of uh, letter this week to let me know when the jab is going to be. Because I'd like to get it done. Well, obviously, I'd personally like to have mine done in the first couple of weeks of May. Because then going off the record of how long you have to wait for the second jab, I should get technically get the second jab in late August so it will be just in time before I'm due to fly out to Florida in September which will be fantastic so I've got my fingers crossed and stuff that it's going to be early May when I have my first job, and if it does then all the signs look good that I'll be able to Go to Florida fully vaccinated in September, which will give me even more peace of mind that I know that I'll be fully, you know, vaccinated and fully covered as much as possible from the pandemic. So, that is Disneyland Paris. Well, the hotel in Disneyland Paris, the vaccination centre. Um other news with Disneyland Paris is that they're basically just going around doing paint work and touching things up. Uh the planet Hollywood in Disney Village, the if you've ever seen it or been, you will know that it's like a globe that you walk into as the entrance of the restaurant. That's been repainted this week. So that will look nice and fresh. For when people do return. um, Little bits around the park. Still getting touched up. Still getting painted. Work still obviously going on on the castle. Which they've said is probably going to be pretty much a year long thing. Because they want to get it done ready for April 12th next year. Which will be the 30th anniversary for Disneyland Paris. Which hopefully... I, I I'm I'm going to aim to attend the 30th anniversary. I mean there's no guarantee that I will get there for the 30th but in and around that area I'm aiming you know to go and visit see what the anniversary specials look like that's been my aim for the last like five or so years is that I wanted to try and go to Florida for the 50th. Obviously, if I go in September, it's going to be about, well, a month before the 50th actually starts. But I'm hoping that early September when I go, if I do go, they will have um like merchandise and specials. St- parades or stuff out ready for the 50th I'm hoping so anyway I could technically go to Halloween Horror Nights as well which is in Universal because that starts um end of August I believe and there are a few dates that is happening whilst I'm there in September and that's the 30th anniversary of Halloween Horror Nights I've never actually been to any in my life but they always just seem so cool and so atmospheric and picturesque, depending if you like that sort of thing. But that was always my aim. Like five or, so, five or six years ago, I said to myself that I want to try and go Florida for the 50th and then try and go to Disneyland Paris for the 30th. Uh, Disneyland Paris seems more reasonable because obviously it's only an hour flight away from where I am so to go to the anniversaries of Disneyland Paris every five years or whatever it's going to be like 30th 35th 40th 45th 50th seems more logical that I could do that but the 50th for Walt Disney World seems like the only option for me because it could very well be my last trip to Florida well, with my parents anyway. I should imagine once I have my own family, or if I ever get my own family, then I'll take them out at some point. But that's not going to be until God knows when, like <laughs> 15, 20 years' time, whatever it's going to be. That's if I ha- end up having a kid, like within the next year also, <laughs> which is very unlikely, I'm not going to like two people, but yeah, anyway, that was that's Disneyland Paris stuff, there's not a lot going on, as you can tell, Disneyland California opens up at the end of this week, what day is it today, 26th, so, so Friday, it open Friday? Is it 30th Friday? Or the 30th on the Thursday? I can never remember anymore. (laughs) I should just look at my calendar on my phone. So 30th is the Friday. So that's when Disneyland California reopens. It's the Friday. Really, I should know that off the top of my head. Because like I said, my birthday is Tuesday, which is May the 4th. So obviously the first is going to be the Saturday. But, yeah, I'm super tired, guys. I'm not going to lie to you. But, yeah, Disneyland California reopens on the 30th, which is great news because it has been uh, a year and a month. So 13 months, I believe. It's been fully shut. Um. Yeah, so it's, it's great news all around. Especially for people in California, get businesses back up and running, get uh, economy flowing, get to go out and about and around Disney, Universal. Universal's reopening soon as well. Knott's Berry Farm, I think, is middle of May that's opening. I thought Universal Studios Hollywood was already reopened on like the sixteenth, but. I've not really seen anything from it. The only things I have seen are people doing test, uh, technical, what they call it, technical tryouts, uh, technical, <laughs> I can't think of the word in though. technical runs, where they bring in, like, cast members and, you know, uh, people that do, uh, media and stuff, they bring them in and, the. Uh, Just basically open it up to them to test everything out, make sure everything's fine, make sure everything's uh, working properly, and all that stuff. So, yeah, they're both open soon, which is great for California, like I said. Great for people. uh, Well, it was only going to be for uh, California residents, weren't it? But now they've issued. Uh, guidance on that subject so if you're fully vaccinated and you live outside California you can now go to California as long as you're fully vaccinated and you got proof of it so like a vaccine passport which everyone seems to be criticizing but to me it makes perfect logical sense to do it If you're fully vaccinated, then you should have no problem whatsoever showing a card saying that you've had both jabs. I don't see why people are up in air about it, like saying that it takes away their freedom and all this stuff. Does it? Fuck. If anything, it helps protect everyone else who hasn't been fully vaccinated in that area that you're trying to go to. Simple as. Just go with it. Roll with it. Do whatever. It's a good idea, in my opinion. So that's California. That's basically everything for California. Um. So now on to Walt Disney World. Uh, things came out the other day about Guardians of the Galaxy, Cosmic Rewind coaster though. That, that is being built in Epcot. Saying that they've not recorded anything yet for, you know, like the pre shows and stuff like that. So to me, that basically tells you that it's definitely not opening any time this year. Because I should imagine they'll record everything when they get all the cast back together for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, which I believe is starting to film in London later on this year so like october november time i believe i'm not 100 percent sure on the dates i just know that it's later on this year that they're filming in london that's what james gunn has said on twitter when he does his usual you know q and a's and Answers fans back, which is great because he's open and honest with everything. Whereas some people, you know, stay mute and don't like to give away any, any sort of inclination. But James Gunn is the king of geeks, so I always admire everything he says and does. Because, yeah, he's just upfront and honest with everyone. If it gets him in trouble, then it gets him in trouble, simple answer, but I think he doesn't really mind too much, but yeah, other than that, basically, the rest of it is just, you know, construction uh, news from this week, there was a few, like, film news as well, like, um, Disney Plus have struck a deal with Sony to be able to bring the Spider-Man films onto Disney Plus. Now, I don't know if that's all the Spider-Man films, so, like, all the Tobey Maguire's and Andrew Garfield ones. I'm hope so. I'm hope so. I'm hoping so, because (laughs) I absolutely love the Tobey Maguire trilogy. like. I could watch that over and over again. The second one, not the best, but, I mean, you tell me a sequel that is is better than the first one or as good as the first one. Other than... um, What was the last Spider-Man film called? I can't remember what that was called now, with Mysterio. Anyway. That was, that was better than Homecoming. Let's put it that way. Well, in my personal opinion, it was better than Homecoming. A lot of people like Homecoming. And I wasn't too fussed on it, to be fair. But, hey-ho, we all have our own taste. We all have our own likes. Is what it is. So, yeah, apart from that. Oh a director has been found for the long awaited reboot of um the Haunted Mansion movie. Now this this was announced at Comic Con way back when did it announce it? Two thousand and thirteen? Something like that? Two thousand fourteen? Maybe? They had a proper like they had a good setup, like they had uh, Gilmero del Toro, who is one of the biggest haunted mansion fans in the world. His his room that he writes in has all the wallpaper like what I have on my wall, but he has it all the right, way around his room. The chair that he writes that he sits down on to write is an actual Doom Buggy from the original Haunted Mansion rides in California. Um he has like loads of figures and stuff like the Hatbox Ghost in his house and stuff. It seemed like the perfect fit that he was going to write and direct the new Haunted Mansion film. They even released a little teaser of the logo um, at the panel at, ha- at Comic-Con, even with the voiceover guy doing the spiel like that you hear in the stretching room. It was just really cool. It got us all hyped. It got, well, it got me certainly hyped because I'm a sucker for the ride. And I did actually like the Eddie Murphy film. I thought it was pretty funny. But, yeah, this was supposed to be more, like, uh, scary. um, Like, still a family film, but a bit scary. Like, scary fun or something. I can't remember how they worded it. But, um, yeah, when they announced it, it was... I genuinely couldn't stop talking about it for ages or watching... Even if you go onto YouTube now. And put in um, Haunted Mansion teaser. Or something like that. Haunted Mansion movie. I'm sure it'll pop up. As like one of the first. I don't know. Like first five videos. Or put in Haunted Mansion Comic Con. Because that'll probably narrow down the actual search. And then it'll come up. So then you'll see like. The teaser, what was shown at the uh, in the hall in front of everyone, everyone was cheering, everyone was like super hyped. Even Gilmaro Del Toro sounded super hyped about it because he's an avid fan of the attraction and the story. And if you've ever seen Gilmaro Del Toro's work, you'll know that his stuff is kind of creepy and spooky, but at the same time pretty fun. Especially, like, the two Hellboy films that he did. Uh, Pan's Labyrinth. uh, Shape of Water. Like, he always has weird-looking creatures and stuff and practical effects, which always makes his films uh, seem creepy but cool, if that makes sense. So, yeah, I was super hyped. And then it kind of disappeared, like for years so it was just every time they announced like a new slate of films coming out and stuff i was always looking to see if haunted mansion was up there no for years and years it went on and i was just like you know what obviously they're not doing this haunted mansion film anymore nothing was ever said well not that i've seen or heard nothing was ever said or written by Gilmail Del Toro or Disney on the fact that, you know, their collaboration is off. But now they released a thing saying that they found a director for this new film now. Um I've never heard of the film what he's directed. Doesn't mean that he's not a good director. I've just never seen the film. Um the film is currently being written by two people as well. So Gilmour Del Toro is definitely not even involved anymore, unless he's staying on as a producer, but I would have thought he'd have some sort of say in, you know, the writing process because he'd want to put out a decent film compared to obviously the Eddie Murphy film, which a lot of people uh, slags off and just downright hates for some reason. I don't know why, I still thought it was pretty funny. I thought it was uh, comical. Yeah, the ride's spooky, but there's no need for the film to be as spooky because they wanted to open it up to uh, more audience, so, like, younger kids and stuff, or families. So, I mean, I think they went the right way with it first time around. This new one, I should imagine, will be a bit different in the fact that it's gonna be obviously a bit more scarce to it and like a bit darker. But I'm assuming they're still gonna try and aim for like PG 13 or whatever it's called now, 12A. I don't know what the ratings are anymore. It's all baffling to me. But you know what I mean. Like <laughs> for teens and adults. So pr- maybe not primarily as. um, For young kids like the first film was. Because less comical. So it'll be interesting to finally see what goes on. What they do with it all. But yeah it's just been way too long now. And. Has people's hopes for this film kind of faded in the fact that they probably don't care as much anymore? To me personally, yes, because I don't. <laughs> now that I know that Gilmero del Toro is not writing or directing it, then it's not really of interest as much to me. I mean, I'll still watch it because I absolutely adore the ride and the story, but. I would have been more hyped if it was still Guillermo del Toro because I love his work and the guy is just super nerdy, super creepy, super fun. So I just think it would have been a lot better. I'm not saying that this film's going to be bad by any stretch of imagination. I just think it would have been a different tone with Guillermo del Toro. The People, Mover, the People Movers finally reopened yesterday, even though they were testing it earlier on in the day yesterday with some cast members who work at Magic Kingdom who was obviously on their breaks or, you know, just about to start or whatever. They testing it, but then they was getting evacuated after about two or three minutes of being on it. So I don't know if they were testing, like, the emergency stop system and all that stuff because... Once the people mover did open up, uh, later on in the day yesterday, I haven't heard any issues with it breaking down and stuff. So, I can only assume that's what they were doing, was testing the, uh, the emergency stop and the evacuation routine and stuff like that. So, to me, that's all it was. People getting worried that it still wasn't ready for opening, but you got to test everything, don't you, before you can open a ride back up or an attraction. Including emergency stops and evacuation routines, because you'll need to know that for whenever it does happen. Uh Oh, it was the Oscars last night as well, wasn't it? So, Seoul won the uh, Oscar for best animated feature and I also believe it won for best music or best song. I haven't really looked at the Oscar list of winners this year because a lot of the films haven't been released over or shown over here in the UK, so a lot of them I personally haven't really heard of. So I didn't watch it this year just because, no offence to anyone who's seen the films or likes the films or whatever, but it just didn't really interest me because there was nothing there, you know, that piqued my interest in the sort of genres that I like. So, hopefully next year's will be better because there's obviously a hell of a lot of films coming out this year, which was delayed from last year. So next year's Oscars probably will be a lot more jam-packed and a lot more, well, just a lot more options to choose from. Let's put it that way. But yes, anyway, that is probably about it from the news points of view. Because I don't really want to keep going into depth about like construction side of things. Because if you live in Europe or the UK or whatever. Then you're not going to the uh, Walt Disney World all the time. You're only going to go like once every so often. So little things like construction stuff. Until it's all properly renovated and whatnot then it doesn't really make any sense why to talk about it every single week unless it's something major of course then i'll bring it up but that is the news for this week so now we will go on to the reviews and thoughts of disney plus shows okay so first up I want to talk about the Mighty Ducks Game Changers, which obviously is an expansion to the Mighty Ducks franchise on Disney+. Plus, It is the new series. I say the new series as if it's like an old series that it's the second series or whatever. No, it's a brand new series. If you've not watched it and you do like the Mighty Ducks, I highly recommend it. I'll keep saying it every week that I personally think it's really good, I personally think it's got everything, it's got a bit of heart, it's got a bit of um, comedy, it's got a bit of a, you know, drama to it, I think it's got a bit of everything that makes a a, a, a show a good show, so... Like, I know that there's quite a lot of people that probably don't like it, and that's that's fine. That's fair enough. Everyone has their own opinions. Everyone has their own... Like I said about uh, films before from the Oscars, everyone has their own genres that they l- enjoy. But I personally grew up loving the Mighty Ducks films, the three films that they were, um, was I bummed that they didn't make a four film, yes, obviously, am I annoyed that they've made the Mighty Ducks into some sort of like, you know, the bad guy, the bad guys sort of team, yes, <laughs> but again, like I said either last week or the week before. Sports franchises get bought out all the time and, you know, get new management and get new structures and stuff like that. So I could see why they went this route with the Mighty Ducks themselves. It just makes way for a new team that's been put together to be the underdogs and, you know, like, work their way up to get everyone's respect which is how the Mighty Ducks started in the first film of the Mighty Ducks. (laughs) So it is essentially just a reboot of the original film, but with different characters, different, different era, because these kids all love mobiles and gaming and stuff. So it's definitely been brought into the 21st era. Of the 21st century shall i say <laughs> gordon bombay is still the same sort of guy that he was in them three films like he still um still seems to have some sort of grudge against ice hockey still doesn't like kids even though he secretly does and yeah he's just sarcastic as fuck and it's brilliant like his comeback's and put-downs and stuff are just so humorous that anything he says, basically, I laugh at. (laughs) Like, every episode, I'll just laugh when he's talking because it's just the way it is. Emilio Estevez plays him so cool, so great. So, yeah, basically, this episode was all centered around um evan's dad who we haven't seen as of yet until this episode his dad is a musician (laughs) musician a musician that is currently always on the road he's not in a big band like a major band but he just plays like you know pubs and bars across all of america um So he was never really around for Evan when he grew up. And it's just one of them things. Basically, it's. It's basically a mixture between Gordon Bombay's story, where his dad died when he was like nine or ten, I think said. So he never had a father who he could you know see him progress through his ice hockey ranks and then it's a mixture like Charlie's story from the first film where he doesn't know who his father was like his father's never really around like and all that stuff and then Gordon becomes like Charlie's father figure so I think that's basically what's happening here is that Gordon's going to become like the Evans father figure um but basically, in this episode, what happened was Evan's dad come to see him play because he didn't realize that he's been uh kicked out of the Mighty Ducks side and formed his own team. So he found he tracked him down and you know went to see him. Uh, went to see him like train and stuff. But then, obviously, whilst he's there, he's got a gig in town that he wants evan to come and see a restaurant slash pub whatever it was so bombay was like well evan's mum was like no because it's a school night but then bombay was like i'll take care of him i'll i'll, I'll go with him and make sure like he comes back and all that stuff so obviously as it goes on through the night it gets a bit late evan goes home. <laughs> then it's left to Bombay and Evan's dad. They start having a wing eating contest, which I thought was hilarious. Um basically that's when uh Bombay found out that uh Evan's dad doesn't really seem to care too much about his family and that he only cares about make trying to make it big on in a group and touring and stuff but then evan's dad promised evan that he'll go to the game on like during the week um but then uh, bombay and evan's dad's chatting and then evan's dad gets a Uh, text message saying that there's a spot that's just opened up and if he can make it to this place then he can have it and they can play there that night but then it was the same night that Evans' game was on so then Bombay's like you know what, I'll take you there but then he ends up basically kidnapping him (laughs) and taking him to the game where Evans played and the team was getting beat until... Evan's dad and Bombay both show up and then Evan just kind of like goes full beast mode and scores all the goals which helps him finally win a match win a game which is what I think the pacing more than anything like because they've lost the first two uh, games I think they kind of needed to win this third game to you know So it doesn't seem too obvious that they'll lose quite a lot and then just go on a massive run and then end up in the finals if they do. I don't know if they will, but it's kind of like, again, how the first film was. They were absolutely shite at the beginning. And then after a few games, they started to click and then went on a winning run and then ended up winning the finals and stuff. I don't think that will happen for... The don't bother.s I don't think they'll win the actual league. They might get to, like, you know, second or whatever is happening. I don't know if it's, like, a cup or an actual league league. Uh, but I think they'll come second or third, and then that'll just build it up even more for the next series, if there is going to be a next series, for them to, like, you know, push on and then finally win it. But then the end of this episode, because uh, Evan went full beast mode and scored, I think it was like all four goals or five goals to win. Um, Basically, one of his old friends from the Mighty Ducks comes over to him at lunchtime in school whilst he's out to get some food and stuff and says, hey, uh, the coach from the Mighty Ducks wants to chat with you. And then it kind of left you on a cliffhanger then, like, will he go chat to him? Or will he stick with his don't bother team? I think I kind of know what's going to happen, but at the same time... Like, here's what I think is going to happen. I think... Obviously, Evan's not going to tell any of his teammates that the Mighty Ducks kinda wanna chat to him again to obviously bring him back to the Ducks and all that stuff. But what I think might happen is that Evan's gonna go secretly meet him and chat to him and stuff. And then maybe one of the team one of his team members will see him chatting to the Ducks coach. Or as this as the episode goes on then it'll come out basically that he's had a secret chat with the Ducks team and they want him back and all this stuff. And then the Don't Bother's are gonna get proper pissed off with him because they're gonna be like, "Well, you're just gonna abandon us and all this stuff just to go back to the Ducks." Yada yada yada. It'll cause tension in the team, as as every sports team sort of film slash series go. There's always tension in the team at some point, And then they'll all rally back together to help, you know, get back to a winning way. So that's just the way I see it going. Whether it'll happen in the next episode or over the next couple of episodes. Maybe that's how the series will end is that, you know, um, they find out that he's spoke to the Ducks again and all that stuff. I don't know. This is just pure speculation. This is what I'm hoping for. This is like my fan service to myself. But we'll just see how it goes. But yeah, if you're a fan of the original Mighty Ducks or just a fan of ice hockey in general, I recommend watching the Mighty Ducks Game Changers on Disney+. Plus. It airs, airs every Friday. I mean, it streams every Friday. <laughs> New episodes come out every Friday. That's basically what I mean. But yeah. It's just fun. It's a nice little show. Okay, now to... The main... The main show. The main, the main event. Of what... Why... Or what I have been doing these reviews and stuff for. Is the finale of... Um... The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which... Spoilers. <laughs> I mean, if you've already seen it, then you probably will listen to this But If you haven't seen it, then you probably will turn it off now. Like a good egg. But yeah, spoilers ahead. If you haven't seen it, or you have seen it and you just can't remember some stuff, I don't know. Anyway. So... Basically, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, or as the title card showed at the very end, said Captain America and the Winter Soldier, because yes, Sam Wilson is Captain America. So basically, everything what most people assumed was going to happen did happen is that the Falcon is now Captain America which happens in the comics. And his suit was basically revealed in the first, like, five minutes of the episode. <laughs> um, it is basically a copy of the suit from the comics, which is, like, basically all white with bits of red and blue and a star on it and stuff, uh, red goggles it yeah it just looked very much like the suit from the comics how it should be um so yeah basically this episode just opened up how last week's episode ended at the the meeting of the governor bodies um being overrun by the flag smashers sam wilson and bucky uh there to try and stop carly and the flag smashers from you know going ahead with uh murdering all these people <laughs> to try and make change and that's when obviously we see the falcons new get up with all accompanied accompanied by the captain america shield itself and then as he enters the building, beats up a bad guy, he starts walking to try and get to the middle of the room to usher everyone out. And one of the guys is like, who are you? And he's like, I'm Captain America. So basically in the first five minutes, we uh, got confirmation that he is the new Captain America, which, I mean, if you've been watching it all along anyway, that's basically what they've been saying throughout the series is that Sam... Should be the new Captain America. Which is. Like the recent comics. Which I actually thoroughly enjoy. I think the new comics are pretty cool. Like. Because it's just everything that you've expected. From the Falcon. But it's also everything that you've expected from Captain America. Just stuck together. But yeah. Yeah. The one thing that I do want to say straight away, off the bat, off the bat, I don't know what it'm saying is, but, yeah, anyway. <laughs> I want to say, like, all these companies that do reviews for films and TVs, yes, I get that you have a job to do, and you have to be, you know, straightforward to the point and take everything super seriously and all this stuff. But for comic book lovers and comic book fans such as myself, I actually really enjoyed this episode. I thought they did a very, very good job at tying up all the loose ends and answering all the questions what was left from the previous episode, which I mentioned last week. The the way that they set up for this sixth episode seemed like they were just gonna rush everything and yes i can see that like certain parts did kind of cram all details together but at the same time it it did answer a lot of things um it just Tied up every loose end that was possibly going. Like the fact that Carly, what happens to her, she she ends up. She ended up. Well, a lot of people said she died, but. The way that Sam. Like flew her body to the paramedics and put her on the this, you know, the gurney or whatever it is. To me, that would suggest that she's somewhat still alive and that the paramedics started, you know, checking out to see if her heartbeat and stuff was there. Like to me, that that to me signifies that she's actually still alive, barely alive, but she's still alive, alive enough that she could come back at some point, which I think is why that is. Because if if she did die, then surely Sam would have just left her like there, wouldn't he? When she was dying in his arms, so to me that signifies that she's still alive, and she could still come back. All the other flag smashers—they're dead. (laughs) The car blew up at the end of the episode by Zemo's butler, who we saw in. Episode three, I think. When he was getting onto Zemo's plane, he hugs his butler or his I don't know what he is. He's basically an Alfred type figure. (laughs) But yeah, he kind of blows up the car that all the flag smashers was in when they were getting, you know, taken away by the police and stuff. So they're obviously all dead zemo got word of it back in the raft the rift (laughs) the raft which is the maximum security prison in the middle of the ocean which tony stark built which we saw at the end of captain america civil war um but yeah um so zemo kind of like you know I don't know how he got the word through, but it must. I think it came through his radio. I, would, I didn't really catch that bit, but then he kind of just lies down on the bed, smirking. So he knows that whatever his plans are or were, they worked. Um, John Walker came back during this episode, dressed up in his Captain America outfit, and then with his uh, homemade shield, which was pretty funny but then it seemed like he kind of turned good towards the end of the episode when there was a truck which had a few of the governing body uh, governing people governance people whatever you want to say in this armoured truck which was uh, which they were led there by the Flag Smashers and then they kind of Put the acceleration on, so it like started going over the edge of this. Like it looked like a construction site, so like good, gir- like um scaffolding. It was going over, and then John Walker with his Super Soldier serum inside him was like pulling it back. So that kind of like seemed like it redeemed him in a way. But then we found out at the end that he gets a new suit, and he's now called the US us agent which is the front of uh avengers dark or the thunderbolt um people <laughs> basically like they're just a, a group of bad guys led by john walker who is now us agent so that's that. the end of the episode kind of uh ties up that end of john walker's um reign as captain america but now he's starting his reign as u.s agent so they're kind of pushing forward with that well they've kind of implanted that into our heads now that they will be introducing more more of these um dark avenger type characters who should come together to form an alliance to take on, you know, the good guys and stuff. So, my theory on the next Avengers film being against the Dark Avengers could possibly happen. Will they do it as a film or will they do it as a TV series? Who knows? Maybe they'll all come together by this secret invasion series, which... It basically depicts the scrolls as, you know, impersonating and impersonating humans and agents as shield characters and all that stuff to kind of, you know, help. Not help, but yeah, it's just a weird storyline. But I mean, it will look cool. So, what else was there? obviously Bucky uh, Bucky helps Sam obviously as has been the case throughout this series but then at the end of it he goes and sees his um, the old man from the first episode and he basically has a heart to heart and opens up about how him as the winter soldier killed his son We don't actually see the full conversation. We just hear him saying that he needs to... He needs to tell him something about his son. And then saying that he got murdered by somebody called the Winter Soldier. And then he said the Winter Soldier was me. And then it cut to Bucky leaving the apartment. But then, obviously, he can cross the name off his list on his book. The book ends up at the... the, uh, the, the therapist that he was seeing in the first two episodes ends up at her office, and he says, thanks very much, and then the book's there. So that tied up Bucky's um arc from, you know, being the Winter Soldier to turning fully to Bucky Barnes and all that stuff. so yeah it kind of tied up quite a lot of stuff i know again i know my review and uh stuff like this isn't the greatest and you should never like you should just never take my word for stuff i mean go watch it (laughs) go watch it then you'll see but for me as a comic book fan as a marvel fan I was impressed by this episode. I thought it was going to be more sloppier than it turned out. It actually turned out fantastic compared to how I envisioned it in my head from last week. Like at the end of last week's episode, I was thinking, "Oh, that means the six episodes just going to be like a total mess and all over the place, trying to cram in all this information." But I think they did it really well. They even had like a mid-credit scene which kind of set up other stuff as well. Like Sharon Carter was brought back into the country and told that her services are now back to normal and that they're sorry that uh, they exonerated her and all this stuff. But then as she's walking out of the building, she's on the phone to someone saying that they're about to get all the... All access to all the weaponry possible and stuff like that so i don't personally think she is the power broker i think she's still working for the power broker so whoever she was on the phone to i think that was the actual power broker and we might see them i don't know maybe maybe it's the mandarin maybe it's his the Ten Rings and all that stuff. Maybe that's um the power broker. I don't actually know. I can't really think of anyone at the moment. The bombs that they set off that the flag smashers set off that portrayed out or pursued out gas in the building for the governing body people. That kinda looked like the Green Goblin Bombs from the original Spider-Man film. So maybe Oscorp has something to do with, you know, all this tech that these Flag Smashers had. I mean, we know that he's he, he should be appearing at some point. Whether it's in the next Spider-Man film or whether it's like, I don't know, a future Spider-Man film. I should imagine they've got plans for Norman Osborn at some point, however. But yeah, I just personally think it it tied it up really nicely. But now there's no Marvel shows at all for the next, was it seven or eight weeks? Until Loki comes out? I thought they could have brought Loki forward to May, but No. <laughs> I think Black Widow's out though, in it, in May. So I think that's probably why they haven't brought Loki forward and kept it in June. Um, Because I think Black Widow's out mid-May or something like that. So they want to kind of give that standalone film all the push it possibly needs. Not that it needs a great deal because people have been crying out for it a Black Widow film for years and years. Uh, Will I buy it when it comes on to premium access on Disney Plus? Probably. I probably will, because I'm more interested in the side of the story of like, and I, I, I believe this was set before Endgame. But still, there must be like clips in it, that kind of nod to Endgame and all that stuff. And to her story of things. So, I think... Yeah. I I probably will buy it and, you know, watch it again and again. Just to see how they tie everything in. Like, if it is set before Endgame, then why haven't we seen Taskmaster before? He's going to be the main villain of Black Widow. Unless it obviously... He, they kill him at the end of the film. And then that's probably why we'll never seen him or see him again. But you never know. I don't know. I never know how Marvel goes nowadays. They always seem to have, like, you know, big big surprises up the sleeves and all this stuff. So, yeah. This Black Widow is probably going to be the next Marvel thing that I will talk about on the podcast but until then what I might do is re-watch Dinosaurs or something of that ilk something that I grew up with back as a kid that I watched religiously on Disney Channel I might rewatch it now and then give my thoughts as an adult towards it I just think that might might be something cool. So with that being said, I'm going to leave it here because, yeah, I didn't really explain The Falcon and The Winter Soldier that great, which I'm totally sorry about, but I thought it was fantastic. I thought the series was pretty cool. thought it did a nice, like, it had nice elements to it. So, yeah, if you want something cool to watch, then watch The Falcon and The Winter Soldier. If you have watched it, what did you think of the final? Let me know. Follow me on all my socials. Uh, Instagram is back to geek blog. Twitter is back to geek one with the number one at the end. Uh, TikTok and Twitch are both back to the geek with the number two in the middle. So, yeah, let me know. Let me know what you think. And I will speak to you very, very soon because I don't do outros. So, yeah. Stay being safe. Stay being awesome. Stay being you. Stay being cool. Don't be a dick. The world doesn't need any more. You're amazing. I love you all. Thank you very much. Take care.